Hey, what's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me. My countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. We're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. Today, we're going to talk about evangelism, or at least some thoughts that I've had concerning, I don't know, our formula, maybe? I'll talk about that. First off, listen, good change is coming. First off, cogitations is still going to run Tuesday nights from uh, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern. I think that's 7 to 8 uh, Central, p.m. Central. And I'm still going to try to do these, well, I'm still going to do these daily uh, broadcasts on Cogitations' Facebook page. But then the Christianity Now podcast, which is one of my favorite things to do, it's a time where I can I can sit down over uh, a video conference uh, program with Aaron Dotson, a good friend of mine from quote unquote back home from Arkansas, and uh, we just get to talk about contemporary events, uh, contemporary issues from the timelessness of God's Word. That's called Christianity Now. We have a Facebook page. And we are going to be uh, creating some ways for you to support that brand monetarily because we have some big ideas. And in order to see those ideas come to fruition, we're going to have to have a little bit of a budget. So um, we hope that you will get on board with that. We hope that you'll see the value in it. And we hope that we can bring you some good content. And uh, anyway, that's all I've got here. So. Here it is, this idea about evangelism. Look, the, the concept of evangelism is very simple. Go into all the world and preach a gospel to every creature. Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. All scriptures given by the inspiration of God and profitable and is profitable for doctrine, correction, and instruction and in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. And then study to show yourself to prove uh, yourselves approved unto God, workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. All that's Bible. It's so stinking simple. Uh, <laughs> a caveman could do it. I remember those old Geico commercials. The point is, we have to disseminate the information that's found in God's word so people can make an informed decision. Even making an informed decision is, is a principle that's found in the Bible. Uh, think about take up your cross and follow me. If you put your hand to the plowshare and you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom. You have to understand what you're getting into. You have to count the cost. So you cannot become a Christian. You cannot dedicate your life to living for Jesus unless you are informed. And the only way to be informed is you have to, you have to be taught the word of God here. In fact, I've already got my I've already got my marker here in John six from something I was doing the other day. Let's read this. This is very interesting. This this really and truly, this is a formula for evangelism in John chapter six. Listen to it. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. Now you might be thinking, well, how in the world can God draw me? Well, it's very simple. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, 
everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Folks, we got to get out there with this message. There is no substitute. There's no program. There's no quote-unquote ministry that you can implement in your faith group, in the congregation where you attend, that will take the place of simply disseminating the information that God is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, I wanted to say that, I wanted to say it plain out, because I don't want anybody to get twisted what I'm about to say. I don't think I'm reinventing the wheel. I do want to put this out here so as to have it uh, kind of critiqued, kind of peer-reviewed, if as it were. Um, I, I, I was asked a question. This has been months and months ago. There was a visitor that came to the congregation up here where I serve, and he asked me about why I was a Christian. And I said, the reason I'm a Christian is because this is the absolute best way to live here on this earth. Even if the entire Bible is false, living by this Bible is the best way to live. It gets you the best life that you can have here on this earth. I said, now, I don't believe that this Bible is just a a book of man's wisdom. I believe this Bible is inspired by God. It's literally God-breathed. That's verbal, plenary inspiration. Every word that's written in this book is as if it were from the very mouth of God. That's my paradigm. That's, that's what I believe. That's my conviction. So I, I have an expectation of when I pass away, And the day of the resurrection, I'm going to stand before God, and I expect to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, because, Hebrews 11, 6, I believe that God is, and that he is a rewarder for those that diligently seek him, so I'm going to put legs on my belief. I'm going to take action based on what I believe. I'm going to live by faith, and I'm going to, as best I can, walk in the light as he is in the light so I can have fellowship with God, so I can be known of him, and I can know him. That's right. We're to be disciples making disciples. Now, again, I wanted to say this. I wanted to be very clear that I'm not trying to invent the wheel, and I'm not trying to pull a flim-flam on anybody. But I'm thinking about evangelism here in the Maritimes, up here in Canada. And it's very interesting, and there's a lot of people who are uh, a little antagonistic to spiritual things. And I talked to a gentleman that was a Buddhist, and he was a very interesting gentleman, and we had common ground. Why Why could we find common ground? Because he believed in the tenets, uh, or in, in the higher tenets of Christianity and living a godly life. Of morality. Now, he would not attribute those morals to Jehovah God, the the God of the Judeo Christian faith. But if 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 he were to talk to somebody and mentor somebody, 
that person he mentored on earth, now that's in this life only, would live a life of fulfillment and joy much the same as a person that I mentored, a person who would listen to me and follow the tenets of God's word written in the Bible. And that got me to thank him. Why don't we take evangelism from that perspective sometimes? Instead of going straight to the spiritual and and be like thinking, hey, you know, eventually we're going to die and we're going to stand before the judgment and we can spend an eternity in heaven or an eternity in hell. Don't you want to spend an eternity in heaven? Well, I think in the past, in years past, people had had their lives together. The, 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 the society in Western culture wasn't quite so fractured, and they kind of had this stuff figured out. They understood that you're living for something other than self, and they knew that the reward was afar off. So they, you didn't have to, to lay the foundation of delayed gratification where now everything is instant. You know, if I, if I live this way, what's it going to do for me now? I think we're really, really good at explaining how Christianity is good in the long term, but we might fall short in explaining how good Christianity is in the short term. In other words, how does it affect my life now? If you are a Christian, and if you knew that upon the day of your death, it was just blackness, no resurrection, no nothing, would you still be a Christian? And why would you still be a Christian? We need to think about that. And let me tell you, I am a Christian, even even if I die, and I find that all of this has been false, and there is no afterlife. In other words, it's just empty nothingness and I cease to exist, I would rather be a Christian here on this earth because I live a more fulfilled life. I live a life of purpose. I have people depending upon me. I can make, I can affect people's lives in a positive way. I can be joyful. I can be glad. I can be happy. And it's just a better way to live. Now, I think about, there, there's a book called Atomic Habits. I can't remember who wrote it. My wife read it. I know several people have read it. It's a good book. And the idea is, I'll, I'll, I'll use an example, like going to the gym. All right. So it's January, and you've made a New Year's resolution to be healthier in 2023. Now, I know it's January. I know we're in March now. So maybe you're a couple or three months on into that, but maybe you're having a hard time keeping up with that New Year's resolution. Maybe you in January you went and got a gym membership, but you haven't been going. And what happens is you're you're going to the gym and you have this New Year's resolution in mind and you're thinking about how you're going to look and feel and be at the end of the journey. Well, maybe that's overwhelming. Maybe that's so overwhelming and so abstract and so far from where you are now that it's difficult to think about so you do you break up you break up your travel you break up your journey and instead of going to the gym with the idea of how you're going to look at the end of the year 
you go to the gym and you don't even, it, it may be that you boil it down so much that you just get up and drive to the gym, you sit in the parking lot for five minutes, and you come back home. And for a couple of weeks, you do that two or three times a week. And then eventually, you say, okay, now, I mean, I, I can't do my day without going to the gym and sitting in the parking lot for five minutes. So maybe the entire month of January, you go to the gym three days a week and you sit in the parking lot for five minutes. Okay? And you're thinking, well, Tony, what good's that do you? Just bear with me. Now, February rolls around. And you say, okay, the entire month of February, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to sit in the parking lot for five minutes. I'm, or I'm going to go to the gym and, and get, when I get to the parking lot, I'm not going to sit for five minutes. I'm going to get out of my vehicle and I'm going to go and I'm going to scan my card and I'm going to go into the gym. Well, what about working out? I'm not going to work out. I'm just going to go. And I'm going to go into the gym and I'm going to look around and I'm going to leave. So now you, you, you've added to what you're doing. So the entire month of February, you go to the gym three days a week, you get out of your car you scan your card and you go actually into the gym. All right. Now that brings us to March. You get up, you get, you get up, you go to the gym, you get out of the car, you scan your card. Then you go into the dressing room and you get changed into your gym clothes. Well, what about working out? Nope. Don't have to work out. So the entire month of March, you three days a week, you get up, you go to the gym. You scan your card, you go to the dressing room, and you dress in your gym clothes, and then for five minutes, and then you change back, and then you leave. You're like, Tony, we haven't done anything. Not true. So now April rolls around, and what do you add? You get up, you go to the gym, you scan your card, go to the dressing room, change in your gym clothes. And then for five minutes, you go to where the exercise equipment is and you walk on the treadmill for five minutes. And then you go and you change and you can take a shower, change back into your street clothes and leave. Now you've worked out, but you haven't started working out till April. But here's the thing. What if like many, many people and incidentally, some gyms, their their money making model, their business model is built on this. Many people buy gym memberships, and they have gym memberships for years, and they never ever go to the gym because it's too overwhelming to see what's going on at the end. In other words, they are conceptualizing their entire journey at once, and it's overloading them, and it and it and it. And it freezes them. It, it, it's, it takes away the ability to act. I think maybe, and incidentally, what I just described, if you did that, you haven't wasted January, February, March, and April. Because guess what? Now by the time May rolls around, you're working out 30 minutes three times a week. But if you had never, if, if, if in January, you didn't just get into your car and go to the gym and sit in the parking lot for five minutes, 
you wouldn't be able to do what you did in April, and you would start that process in April. So you have April, May, and June. So now you've wasted a half a year. Now it would have taken you six months to do what it would have accomplished in three months. But then the thing about it is it just builds on top of itself. And then in 2024, you start January and you're going to the gym three times a week, maybe working out 30 to 45 minutes, maybe even an hour each time. All right, so I know what you're thinking. Well, what in the world does that have to do with evangelism? Maybe instead of talking to our prospects about eternity and living in eternity with Jesus and basking in the glory of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, maybe we just say, you know what? There's a better way to live. You can live a more fulfilled life. And we break down what it looks like to take this journey and we just say, hey, look, you've got some things in your life that you need to, to figure out. Like, for instance, you're, you're, you're a womanizer. Don't you want to be married? Don't you want to settle down and have a family? Well, yes, yes, I do. Do you think you have a better odds of finding a mate to be with for the rest of your life? while you're currently philandering or while you are dating or courting, it doesn't matter much what you call it, but you're meeting members of the opposite sex with a purpose and an, and, and a, and an intention and an intent of finding a lifelong partner. So you just change that one thing up. Well, that's a Christian value, folks. And, and we, we help people and we guide them and we teach them. There is a better way to live, and every bit of it is built on Christian values. You know, John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Maybe we showcase a little bit this abundant life in Christ and not make them focus on such an abstract idea of eternity in heaven. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I'm not I'm not saying that focusing on the spiritual is a bad thing, it's a good thing. And maybe most times, you know, may, maybe it's different in the quote-unquote Bible belt. Maybe it's different in some parts of Canada, maybe it's different in some parts of the United States, maybe it's different in some parts of the world. But I, I just I see I think sometimes whenever people struggle with evangelism, they might be overwhelming their prospects. I think about the story of B.J. Clark's father and how he was converted. And one kid back in the long time ago in the military looked at B.J. Clark's daddy and said, if I were you, I believe I'd read my Bible. You know, that, that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. He didn't tell, he didn't tell this man hey, you need to clean your life up, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to start doing this, you need to stop doing that, you need to go to church three times a week, you need to go to all the Bible classes, you need to go to all the functions, and you need to completely 100% overhaul your life to where it has no recognizable traits to anything you've ever known. He didn't start with that. He just said, you know what? I think if I was you, I'd read my Bible. Maybe when we're dealing with people that 
have a hard time conceptualizing the need for organized religion, for Christianity, which I have no problem saying Christianity is organized and it's religion, true Christianity, true religion. Uh, there's this idea in Scripture, James chapter 1, the end of it. Um, maybe instead of focusing on this abstract concept of an eternity that is hard to fathom, maybe start with, here's step one. You're addicted to alcohol. Let me help you break that addiction. You're addicted to drugs. Let me help you break that addiction. All right, now we've, we've cleaned up that one area of your life. Let's think about this. Now, I'm not saying that in order to come to Jesus, you have to be perfect or you have to have it all together. I'm saying the road to Jesus is paved with microcosms of repentance and fruit meet for repentance. The road to Jesus is paved with changed actions because of changed minds. And there would be some people who would be able to make those little micro changes. And then all of a sudden there's like, well, listen, you're living this way. Let me explain to you about the spiritual side of things. Again, I've never heard this talked about. I may be totally off base. I would love to have this idea peer reviewed. I would love to have people talk about it and, and flesh it out more than I have here. But I think in the 20 short minutes that I've talked about this, I think I'm more convicted now that in certain situations, it may help to have people focus on not the big picture of eternity, but focus on the very next step. Hey, do you want to lead a, 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 a as great a life as you can here on this earth? Let's follow the Bible. Yeah, but I don't think the Bible is true. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you think it's true or not. It, even, it, it doesn't even matter if it is true. You know, when I say true, I mean inspired by God. You will have a better quality of life if you follow the commandments, precepts, and divine examples in this book than if you don't. And one of the one of the things that kind of one of the things that kind of uh, inspired this this way of thinking is two different podcasters that I listen to that are political pundits and are not spiritual people at all. One said, I'm going to say this to where it kind of, I'm going to say this the most abrasive way to atheists that I can. If in the United States of America, every individual would follow the Bible and go to church every week and do what the Bible says, America would be a much better place. Now, I'm not so much concerned with America as I'm concerned with the soul of the individual in front of me. But the principle there is, even if you're an atheist, even if you're a heathen, you can see that following the Bible is the way to go. Why are you a Christian? 
One of the reasons I'm a Christian is because even if this book were just written by man, my life is better because I'm following the commandments and precepts and divine examples found in this book. It might behoove us to help people do the same. And then, once they have a good grasp of how to live on this earth, maybe then it would be better for us to back out and focus on the bigger picture. Folks, that's, that's what I've got here. Let me know what you think. I'm very curious. And uh, this has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations. Uh, there are ways to support me. If you want to find out that, just holler at me. And uh, that's all I've got here. God bless you. Thank you, Jonathan Exum, for your comment. And please share the live stream, subscribe to the podcast, and all that good stuff. God bless you. This has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations. And we'll catch you on the flip side.